I'm Rob Goodwin. And I'm Stacy Avery. And we're just a couple of writers. And podcasters. And this is Deep South Humor and Heart. Well, it's January of 2023, and here in the Deep South today, it is 40 degrees, and I'm freezing to death. Does your bones hurt, Stacey Averett? Uh, yes, they do. Does that mean we're getting old? Maybe you are. <laughs> but you're not. I'm not. Well, i tell you what. I, it's been a long time since I think we had weather like this. Now, mm-hmm. we were fortunate enough. I, I say fortunate because I like cold weather at Christmas. Mm-hmm. The Christmas days were really cold and it looks snowy outside. Mm-hmm. In fact, some places in the deep south actually got snow. So, you know, I don't really mind the cold weather around Christmas, but I think the biggest thing for me is 70 degree temperatures one week and 40 the next. Yeah, I agree. And I don't really have clothes for um, that kind of cold weather. I don't I don't really like to get all bundled up. So, Really? I'm a sw- I do like sweaters and scarfs, but I'd rather wear them in 50-degree temperatures than 40. So, um, But it does remind me, cold days like this remind me of being a kid. Um, in Alabama, we had four very defined seasons mm-hmm. when I was growing up. You know, summer was very hot, fall was mild, winter was pretty cold, mm-hmm. and then spring was fresh and new and, you know, a little bit chilly, a little bit warm, all that stuff. But the weather like this brings back childhood memories of snow days mm-hmm. and being out of school. Did mm-hmm. you? Well, from Bibb County, you probably got didn't well. Get that's snow what I was going to say. You're 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 you grew up a little further north than I did, so I only remember a handful of those. Yeah, I'm almost, I grew up almost in the nosebleed section uh-huh. of Alabama. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's pretty high up. But we did. We had mm-hmm. snow days, probably at least one to two. Every year, the whole time I was in grammar school and even high school, mm-hmm. and on a snow day, my sister and I, my cousins and I, we just, we loved staying in our pajamas, eating snow cream, and making prank calls to people. <laughs> now, do you know, have you had snow cream? Um, No, I have not. You've never had snow cream? No, that, that sounds... Oh, it's delicious. Mm-hmm. It tastes like vanilla ice cream or a vanilla shake, but mm-hmm. you basically go out there and shovel some snow, preferably mm-hmm. where clean a, snow, clean where a bird has not pooped uh-huh. or a dog has not peed. You can tell, uh-huh. you know, if it's yellow. Uh-huh. No, I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. Um, but we would, my mother would usually scoop it mm-hmm. off her windshield, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. so bring it in, mix it with a little vanilla, mm-hmm. a little milk, and a little sugar, mm-hmm. and it. It's better than ice cream, snow cream. That's interesting. So if we ever get some snow, you'll have to rake it off the ground mm-hmm. and make you some snow cream so that you know how delicious it was yes. to me. Uh, so if you did have a random snow day, what did you guys do? Well, uh, my my most distinct memory is um, the, the house next to ours uh, was on a huge hill and... Uh, we would, and when I say sled, I think um, we didn't have a sled. I mean, we didn't buy sleds. I didn't have a sled till I was an adult and moved to Tennessee. But we used uh, what, and I don't know if if anybody even knows what this is, a, a chicken box. 
a chicken box. Okay, so my grandparents owned a grocery store, and they sold. It was like a little general store, gas station. I grew up in that store. My granddaddy cut meat. He was kind of self-taught with that, but uh, chickens came in these uh, big big waxed boxes. It was cardboard boxes that had this kind of waxy layer on them. I'm sure they don't do that anymore, but they were perfect um, with that waxed coating and they were the perfect size to jump in that thing and go down a hill uh, of snow, little, little ice, little snow. Mm -hmm. And this particular hill, when you got to the bottom of it, if you had, if you had some good um, momentum, you would go across the highway. I mean, I don't I don't know what where my parents were <laughs> yeah. when we were doing that. Um of course there were probably no cars on the highway because if it snowed at all nobody was driving. So that's 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 my snow day memory. That's yeah. it. Well, I think if we had a small it wasn't even a hill, it's a mole hill. Mm -hmm. Um there was a really small rise in the yard where we could um get on an inner tube and pull each other on the inner tube down and around the oh, snow. Yeah. And that was that was always fun. I can remember my sister just cackling, you know, when I would be pulling her. Those are good memories of, yeah. you know, times where she and I were not fighting. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we were getting along well. Well, speaking of cold weather um, and back at Christmas, how, how was your Christmas? It was great. Uh, all my kids were home and um, their, their people with them and of course I've got a new grandbaby so yes. that was fun and um Reed's first Christmas. It's Reed's first Christmas and I have to tell you I've had this Christmas train um since my kids were little and I haven't gotten it out for the for the past few years. It just as an empty nester it just seemed like it was too much trouble and so this year I thought I'm getting the Christmas train out. Well when I got it out it had been in the attic for a few years, and I'd left the batteries in it. So you know what that means. Like, the batteries had corroded. It wouldn't work. And I, I was really devastated. So I got on Facebook Marketplace, and I found someone selling almost an identical Christmas train. And I drive 35 miles to meet this person to buy this Christmas train. And let me tell you, it was worth every mile and every penny because I have the greatest pictures of not only Reed sitting between my legs, watching this train circle around in the living room, but when my sister and her family came and um, her little grandson, who's a little over a year old, he was mesmerized by uh -huh. it. So um, that's one of my greatest memories from this year. It was so good. I bet so. That's great. You know, I think when kids are like two is probably when they really start understanding yes. Christmas and Santa Claus, two to three. But it is so to, to see a baby looking at the bright lights yes. and, the, and things like that that happen around Christmas. That's special. I'm glad, that you, good. glad you told me that. Well, did you do anything, any fine parties or celebrations? Or Well, I did. I came to your house for, um, for uh, that was the... Christmas and cocktails. Christmas and cocktails. Yeah. That was a good time. We had some karaoke and some dancing and a lot mm -hmm. of great food. And yeah. uh, you and Eric actually met uh, a cousin. I know of Eric's that you had never met before. Well, you know, actually, we had met him, and he remembered because we were both at Sanford at the same time. And he remembers like coming to me and saying, "Well, you know, my mother's last name is Averett, and so it it and I." You know, I felt bad. I don't remember that interaction. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's been, 
you know, a whole lifetime ago right. uh, since I was in college. But um, such a such a sweet time, and, mm-hmm. and for he and Eric to connect and have some of the same memories, and um, their grandparents are brothers. Mm-hmm. I think I've got that yes. right. So um, it, it was such a fun time. So I think yeah. that makes them third cousins, Eric and David, that if, yeah, they're, see, if their grandparents know. are brother and sister yeah. or brother and brother, then yeah, so that's that cool? cool. It is yeah. very cool yeah. to meet a cousin like, or to be reunited with a cousin like yeah. that. After I know where my cousin, all my cousins live. I know what they had for dinner last night. We are that embedded oh, in each wow. other's lives. I know people tell me all the time. I can't believe how much you know about your cousins and how much they know about you. But we we were all raised ten minutes apart. Yeah, you know. So it was, and and nobody really moved off. Yeah, see, that's I'm the, I'm the I'm the black sheep that moved away, and you know sometimes I I miss that um, mm-hmm. because I hear my sister talk, and she I mean thank thank goodness for social media I'm able to you know kind of connect a little bit, but I feel like I've missed you know two decades um, my cousins and their kids and their grandkids I I just only know them by. Um, by Facebook photos. Mm-hmm. When my sister's a little more involved, she knows the stories of their life, so I keep up with her. But yeah, I'm I'm a little envious of that. I'm glad you have that. Well, and we did. We get together as cousins for Christmas usually uh, the week before, mm-hmm. and we did this year. And um, we had soups and chilies the, the week before Christmas because, well, my mother cooks this huge spread for Thanksgiving. You know, mm-hmm. the dressing and the turkey and the every side item that you could think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me and, and my sister do that. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know that we want to do that repeatedly. Now, we do it on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day again at my mother's house. but. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it, you know, three or four times. No. So, you know, we came up with different menus, but. I mean, how many times can you have deviled eggs and ham? I know, right? So I'll tell you this funny story um, about mom and thanks getting ready for for food days. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, well, I have this friend um, named Marsha and Marsha, every time they get together for a family cookout in her family, she has to make sure that she has a she has to have corn prepared because her mother always made corn mm-hmm. and her mother's deceased and she has mm-hmm. two sisters and they have you know a lot of kids and all that good stuff. So they they get together and so Marsha she calls up her sisters and says, "Well, who's making corn?" And they said, "Oh, we're we're not worrying with corn this year. We don't need that. Nobody eats it anyway." So Marsha, she stops at the grocery store and picks up a can of corn Mm -hmm. and takes it, opens it in a little stewer and heats it up and says, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a tradition. We're going to have corn. Mm -hmm. Well, at Thanksgiving, we hosted it, hosted it at my house. And so my mother, she calls up and she goes, well, what all are you having? And I I went through all the dishes and her her job was to only bring dressing. That's Mm -hmm. all I wanted her to do. Mm -hmm. And so she calls me up and says, what all you having? And I, I said, corn souffle and, you know, name some other casseroles and stuff. And she said, what is corn? Whatever you said. <laughs> and I said, corn souffle. And she goes, are we not having regular corn? And I said, no, nobody eats that. We're going to do, we're going to do corn souffle. And she said, you're so fancy. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, she showed up at the dinner with a can of corn. 
Niblet I'm, corn, as my grandmother corn. called yes, it. Yes, and she opened it up. She put it in a stewer, and we had corn that way. And so every time I talked to Marsha, um, I talked to her about a can of corn. She says mm-hmm. she loves my mother for bringing a can of corn. And the difference in their age is mm-hmm. about 30 years. Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting that the two different generations with their cookouts, they both got to make sure they have cans of corn. But I'm not I, really a can oh, of corn person. I, I do. I am. Do I, you I really? I love corn. And I love corn on the cob. Well, corn on the cob is different to me. And like if you do the street corn or uh, yeah. even the Texas caviar that you taught me oh, to yeah. make. You know, it has corn in it and it's good. But I mean, I just don't see the need if you've got a corn souffle to go grab a can of corn and bring it in too. But hey, each to their own. <laughs> she also brought two pizzas because my nephew Austin will only eat pizza and chicken fingers. And did I mention he's 26 years old? Yeah, well, he is. Bless him. I know you still can't get him to eat stuff because he's just always been able to eat whatever he wants. But, mm-hmm. you know, I've tried to get him into eating some other things. And I think he did maybe try her chicken and dumplings mm-hmm. at the get together. But Ooh, that know, sounds good. who knows? But on Christmas Day, I go back to my mother's because and it's just she and I. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has somewhere to be. Mm-hmm. Sister has somewhere else to be. Um, all our mates have somewhere else to be. So I go and stay with my mother on Christmas Day, and we eat leftovers. And this year, we watched, I love leftovers. Do you, I love, I and love, they taste better the next oh, day. Oh, I love leftovers. Yes. Okay. Well, the next, so on Christmas Day, we watched, we ate leftovers, and then we watched two Christmas movies, mm-hmm. Code of Many Colors and Code of Many Colors Circle of Love. Do you know what those movies are? I'm guessing, is it? Dolly Parton. Yes, they're yes. about Dolly Parton. Yes. But they're when she was a little girl. Yes, and that song she sings. Yes, Code of Many Colors. I love it's Dolly. Of, it's based on that. Aww. And so they're they're it's basically a recreation of her family life when she was growing up and how poor they were and how a lady in town brought a bag of rags and put it on their porch yes. for because her mother was a seamstress and she thought well she could make a bedspread or a quilt or something like that and so she made little dolly uh, and that was her name dolly mm-hmm. and as a kid it's not a stage name mm-hmm. and so she made her a little coat and of course she got she got bullied in school about mm-hmm. it and i think she smacked around a couple of people mm-hmm. for um you know, bullying her. The second movie is about their same family and about their dad working away in a coal mine. And the mom was left with seven children and mm. they got snowed in with no heat, no lights and no food. Wow. And so they were really afraid that she was afraid her babies were going to die. And she was just holding them close mm-hmm. to her. I mean, it was the movie was I mean, it was riveting, but it really brought you down, and then it lifts you back up mm-hmm. spiritually when, you know, something something happens to save the family. So mm-hmm. I won't tell the whole story because people need to watch these movies, but it's so heartwarming, and it was absolutely perfect on Christmas Day. Aww. Just I wore my pajamas yeah. out to my mother's and my thick fuzzy socks, yeah, and she wore her pajamas, and we just sat on the couch covered up in blankets. And watch the movie together. And it I was know so she good. loved that. She did, and it, it was it was great to, you know, get to spend that time with her. And one of our uh, 
Christmas traditions, our our kids, all of our kids and their spouses come like for the actual Christmas. And then some of them have to leave and visit other family members. But one of our things is always to do a puzzle. Um, huh. Eric does not like doing puzzles ever. He does not like doing So when my kids are home, there's two or three of them that like we burn the midnight oil like we don't quit until the puzzle's done and uh it was kind of funny one of the puzzles i did um and we're still accusing each other but at the very end there was a piece missing oh no and um so we're not really sure what what happened to the that piece maybe uh, we had some pets in the house that aren't normally there we've all kind of decided that maybe the dog ate the puzzle i don't i don't know but it was um, but it's do you, fun. Do but, you have a theme that you like for puzzles? Well, um, for Christmas, I always buy a Christmas puzzle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this year when I bought it, I found it I found it on sale at Hobby Lobby. It was a great puzzle. We do anywhere from 750 pieces to 1,500 pieces. So whatever, you know, whatever kind of picture I like. And as soon as I buy it, I send out this group text to let the puzzlers mm-hmm. know that the puzzle has been chosen. So it kind of builds the excitement. Oh, that's you great. know, it's such a small tradition, but yeah. it's um it's kind of what we do, you yeah. know? I love that. So for our listeners, um, go to our Facebook page, Rob Goodwin or Stacey Averett, and tell us what your Christmas traditions are, and we will honor it on our next podcast. Yeah, that's so good. make sure you see We need some new in. traditions. So we, we do. We could add some. Yes, so we, we need some new some. ideas. So yeah, give us some new ideas, listeners. I loved your um, your idea about the cousins getting together. I'm, you've... I'm, I hate to go back to that, but yeah. I'm, I might do that this year. I think it's a great thing. On both sides, get all those cousins together. They would love it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think cousins are your first best friends. Yes. Siblings and cousins. And for me, the way we were raised, our, our parents were all so close that we just, we thought we were brother and sister. We told everybody we were that. Yeah. You, you know, do everything we, together. Yeah, you did everything together. We, we grew up in the same, several of us grew up in the same yard. We had a circle of mobile homes all in the same yard and uh, we grew up together you know just playing and and doing everything together yeah so thinking about dolly parton you know in december um we lost loretta lynn Mm -hmm. and she was absolutely one of my favorite singers of all time favorite entertainers Mm -hmm. i have watched coal miner's daughter probably 15 times Mm -hmm. and I look forward to it every time because I find something new that I've forgotten or didn't know about or that kind of reels me in you know to the movie so I don't have you watched that movie it's been a long time but Mm -hmm. you know when I think about uh, Loretta uh, several years ago we went to I I lived in Nashville for several years Never went to the Country Music Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, we lived there. We did. We we worked. We had jobs. Our kids were in school. We we had a busy life, so it didn't feel like there was a lot of time to do what seems like kind of touristy things in Nashville. So after we moved to Alabama, um, one of our kids like, "What? How, how do you want to celebrate your birthday?" Well, I want to go to the Country Music Hall of Fame. And to be honest, I sort of. I mean, I love Nashville. We we go there. Um, often, but the Country Music Hall of Fame, I thought, ah, I don't want to, you know, it's just a bunch of guitars on the wall. Mm-hmm. And, um, but my family was doing it, so I, I agreed. And so we all went. And as we were preparing, it's sort of a self guided tour thing. I mean, it's three stories. Of, I, did, I just, I didn't, I didn't realize what I was in for. But as we were kind of getting on the elevator, 
one of the guides that sort of gets you on the elevator and tells you, she says, now when you step off the elevator on, I guess the third floor, you start at the top and come down. She says, people automatically turn to the right as they go through the displays. She said, turn to the left first. It's the Loretta Lynn display. And we would have missed it had she not said that. It was it was my favorite part of the whole um you know, event mm-hmm. uh, because it just tells her story and there's pictures and just memorabilia from her her life growing up. So have you ever been? Have you? I have. I've, I've been. And um, she there actually is another museum dedicated to just her. Oh, really? At um, Hurricane Mills Ranch. Uh, her ranch. Oh, so, you've been there. Yes, you? I have. I've been to the ranch. You know, one of the things that I heard people say about her at on the memorial they did on CMT was that she would, every time she was home, she would make a point, even up to being in her upper Mm eighties, she would make a point to go outside and walk down and shake the hands and sign autographs of the people there to see the ranch. Wow. She has the old butcher holler house built there. She has a coal mine that you can walk through. Mm -hmm. She has, um, all her dresses, all her costumes over mm-hmm. the years, her her cars are all displayed. It tells a story, doesn't it? It tells the story, absolutely. People love stories. They just, yeah, yeah they it's do. It's so good. And she was a storyteller. You know, she was yes. a songwriter that blazed a trail for women. Um, she wrote her own songs. She sang about things that women back then wouldn't sing about. She uh-huh. had this big hit in the 70s called The Pill. And... It was banned oh. by a lot of radio stations, and it actually went to number one, even though it was banned. And the Opry, legend says, the Opry threatened her and said, we will not play that. We will not allow you to sing that song on the Opry. Mm. And she said, if you don't, I'll quit the Opry. And they did, and her song went to number one. But it's about mm-hmm. women who are tired of having babies, mm-hmm. and they're able to now get the pill. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the song I is about. I remember that song. You need to listen to it well, because it's, it's clever. It's clever, and yep. it's it's something in the seventies that you wouldn't imagine. I mean, preachers preached against it, mm-hmm. you know, and all that thing. But she was she was a, a trailblazer, definitely. And her outfits, her dresses, her, her hair, yes, everything all of about it. her. It was Just, so good. I loved everything. She's a tiny woman, tiny, yeah. tiny, tiny. But I, I loved her. Yeah. Well, I know you had a wedding recently. Oh, not my not you and Eric, but. Yes. Tell us about your baby getting married. He did, and uh, it was a it was a beautiful day. It was at the Rivers Ranch in Jackson, Georgia. So if you're if you're looking for a venue um, within three hours of you know this area, I cannot recommend that place enough. Uh, such a beautiful beautiful place. The ceremony was actually outdoors. There's a lake um, that was the backdrop for the ceremony. Eric officiated the wedding um so that was that was really special but Mm -hmm. uh the professional photography photos are just now starting to come in and so it's been another wave of emotion Mm -hmm. but um some of our family was able to come and you know it was a um my, my parents are um are dead eric's parents are our grandparents so to have a to have a few people um, my aunt and uncle, my mom's sister and her husband, and then my first cousin and her husband, they drove over. Um, and I know that was quite a quite a feat for them to come and go in the same day. But just to see them there, um, 
two of our very good friends from Nashville, they cut their vacation, a place they always love to go, they cut it a couple of days short so that they could drive back and be in, you know, uh, Georgia for that event. Um, of course, my sister and her husband and my, my niece and, and her fiance were there. And so, you know, my, my front row uh, there, uh, my daughter-in-law was sitting next to me, my daughter and her husband and my grandbaby. And then all those people, mm -hmm. um, not that, not that my son and his um, sweet bride getting married. That I mean, that was the the highlight of the day. But just to look around and see these people who mm -hmm. um, see the support and the love. Yeah, and, I mean, and it wasn't you know it wasn't wasn't an easy thing for them to come and drive that far. And mm -hmm. um, it was just such a sweet celebration. It, the day was not perfect mm -hmm. by any means. There were there were lots of little things here and there. But you know, it, it didn't matter then, and it certainly uh, doesn't matter now. Mm -hmm. But from from my perspective, it was a perfect day. Oh, I bet so. It I'm so happy so for you. Congratulations. Thank you. You know, and talking about all, all those people who showed up and and there to show their love and their uh, pride in, in, in the wedding, um, that kind of parlays into our um, Deep South Heart segment today, mm. which I, I wanted to throw out there is about, you know, and this is not a cliche, but it really does take a village to raise children. And now so much you see grandparents raising children, aunts and uncles raising children. It, it seems like for some, it becomes harder and harder mm -hmm. um, for parents, um, especially if they they have conflict, you know, between the parents and, oh, yeah. and parents separate or divorce. Then it kind of leaves the kids, um, you know, either in a broken home or perhaps, you know, living somewhere that they wasn't the life they wanted for themselves or and so I was thinking about step parents as well mm -hmm. and how they really step up maybe that's why they're called step parents mm -hmm. but they really step up to the plate for the most part I grew up with a wonderful stepfather who stepped in for an absent biological father and you know raised me as if I were his own mm -hmm. his family took me in as if I were their own in fact they would be very disappointed in me if I said that I was not their own, mm -hmm. uh, which is a wonderful. I grew up with three sets of grandparents because of, you know, that step relationship as well. Um, and so I know that doesn't happen for everybody, but it's good when it's, it's not a bad thing to have multiple parents, you know, including step parents, as long as everybody focuses on what's best for the children. Mm hmm. And I think, you know, aunts and uncles in a child's life are important. I, my second father figure was my uncle Thomas Hill. And he he really just stepped in for me and, and treated me well, just like he treated his girls. He treated me and my sister the same. And he would get on to us. The same. He used to have this saying where if we were misbehaving, he would say, I'm going to jerk a knot in your tail. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that You've before. You've heard that one before. Yeah. And, of course, he never, I mean, he only had to say that once for me because mm -hmm. I didn't know what jerking a knot was, but I know it did not sound musical. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, having having the love and support of a village of people, like you're mm -hmm. talking about, you know, coming to the wedding, I think that is 
it makes the occasion more memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, I had a, you know, 50th birthday last year and we had a big party for that. Mm-hmm. And I had aunts and uncles come from all around and they, you know, they were in their eighties and they had no desire to sit there and listen to blaring music yep. and watch younger people do line dancing, uh, and drink wine. So, you know, but they were, they loved me so much and, you know, came to support. And that's, I think that's what family's about. And I think we have an abundance of that love here in the South mm-hmm. for the most part. And I, you know, I, I was at that party and I remember um, seeing those, um, you know, old people. And I was like, who, you know, who are, who are those people? Yeah. And when you told me, I thought, you know, that's, it really, it's an inspiration to me. And I don't know that they sit, I, I don't know that that some of the people in that generation, I don't know that they really realize that, but you know, now in my, um, I'm a, I guess I'm approaching my late fifties, but when I see people who are in their seventies and their eighties, um, still doing what they can mm-hmm. to live their life and enjoy their life and celebrate with other people. Cause I think it's really easy to, you know, to get lazy and to kind of just check out of life. But, you know, they don't want to miss anything, but I think they, sometimes they probably underestimate like that night at that party, when I looked over at them and saw them there to celebrate you. And, you know, I could tell by looking at them, they weren't, you know, they weren't in their sixties. Mm-hmm. I knew. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'm, I'm close to that age. And, and even at, at my son's wedding, looking at some people who I knew, I knew how far they had driven and I knew, all that that meant, and I'm like, okay, it, it was an inspiration mm-hmm. to me to really um, to live my life that way. Right, and doesn't it make you feel younger? It does. Yeah. Yes. When I when I see you know my mother still working or my aunts and uncles driving you know three and four hours for an event and they're you know definitely in their eighty even mid eighties, um, it, it it does make you feel at fifty that fifty is a lot younger than it used to be. Yes. So. Um, I mean, I think 50 is the new 40. So. At least. Yeah, absolutely. And 60 is the new 50. So, Oh, yeah, for sure. We'll just celebrate that. Well, our Deep South humor segment today is brought to you by High Shine Cleaning. Becky Pruitt started her business about a year ago, and she services not only private homes, but commercial homes, churches. She does special flooring um, commercial flooring. And so give her a call at 256-282-6200. That's high shine cleaning. And that brings me into a story I want to tell you, mm, Stacy. you can't wait. I can't wait. Okay. So we just talked about, um, elderly people. I hate to use that word. How about older people, older people who still are so vibrant and travel mm-hmm. and do everything. And my mother is 79. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just turned 79 the 6th of January. She still works full time, as I've said many times on the podcast. And she recently, recently, um, told me this story that happened at work and she, she's the eldest member of her, of the staff, mm-hmm. uh, as far as age wise. And so she is all, she always has a good rapport with her young supervisor. Well, he's about, he's about my age or younger. So mm-hmm. that's young to her. Mm-hmm. His name is Wes. And so they, they cut up a lot. They're always practical, doing practical jokes on each other. But in this particular day, and my mother works in housekeeping mm-hmm. for a very large employer in this area mm-hmm. and she works on the night shift. 
And so she and her colleagues, obviously, they they mop, they scrub toilets, they take out trash, they do everything that's custodial. Mm-hmm. Um, housekeeping is obviously what they call it. So anyway, she and her colleagues, several ladies, went back to, they were finished with their work for the day, and it was almost time to clock out. So they go back to the clock out building. That's what they call it, the clock out building. Mm-hmm. And that's where the supervisor works if he's not running from building to building, checking up on everything. So Wes, Wes is there. And one lady, um, for whatever reason, she threw her two mops up on, she, they bring their mops back to change out the mop heads and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So she threw a dirty mop up on the counter. And it started running everywhere. Mm. And so Wes comes around the corner and says, don't get that mop juice everywhere. (laughs) Mop juice. Not mop water, but mop juice. And so my mother, she got so tickled. And by the way, when my mother gets tickled, she cackles. Mm -hmm. She cackles and she cackles. In fact, she stops breathing at some point Mm -hmm. during her laugh. That's a good laugh. And then starts back again. So yes, she gets really tickled to the point that everybody in the clock out building is laughing. It's contagious. It's contagious. One person's down on the floor laughing because of the way my mother's laughing. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it's very, I won't say what time it is when she goes home, but it's very late and it's after dark. So she's driving home and she lives way out in the country in uh, Pleasant Valley area here in of this area. And so she's driving home. She's the only car on the road at this time of the night. Mm-hmm. So she goes and turns on her road, and all of a sudden a police officer drops in behind her and follows her all the way to her house. And as soon as she puts on her blinker to turn in her driveway, he starts flashing his lights. So she said, oh, Lord, what did I do? Run over the middle of the line or, you know, I wasn't going fast, all those things. So he walks up to her window and he says, and she rolls down the window and he goes, ma'am, are you okay? She said, yes, what did I do? And he said, well, you look like you were either squalling or laughing (laughs) when my lights hit you. And she just busted out laughing and then told him the mop juice story. And then he got tickled and she said he sounded like a hoot owl when he was laughing. And of course she's cackling. (laughs) So this is what's happening to her at that time of the morning. And so uh, she says that basically she laughed all the way home. Every time she thought of it, she cackled in her car. And so when she drove by and the lights of the police car hit her, uh, hit her car, well, then she he saw her laughing and he didn't know whether she was laughing or crying. And if she was drunk, it's Scooter Brown or, you know, and whatever. this old woman out yes. in the wee hours of This the... old woman driving her Chevy oh, Impala in the middle of the night. So, of course, she keeps her badge on her. She wears her badge 24-7 for oh, work. Really? And, and she's been pulled over a couple of times heading home, you know, just wanting to know if she's okay, what she's doing out that time of night. And she always flashes her badge to let them know where she works and uh, that everything is okay. Well, that's kind of heartwarming, too. I know it's humorous, but it's kind of heartwarming that he would pay attention enough to, you know, to stop her and um, 
check on her. That's yeah. good. Yeah, she's she's told me that she likes to repeat stories. I bet he's told that story a few times, too. Oh, you know he has, yeah. for sure. Yeah, he's told that story. He, he went back to the station and told that story. Yeah, that's his sure. best pullover story <laughs> lately. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us again today. This is Deep South Humor and Heart, and we'll see you on our next episode. Yeah.